This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelore. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image, I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks. One of my all-time favorite people is joining us today on the Raw Beauty Talks podcast. Sophie Jaffe is in the house. Sophie's been on the podcast before, so you may recognize her name. We've also run the Food Freedom Program together for a special unit that we did, which was so much fun. Sophie is a wellness expert, a mama, a yoga teacher. She was a raw vegan chef for a long time. She doesn't eat that way anymore, but she's still so not knowledgeable in regards to all things health and wellness. And I totally relate to her being a mom as well. I love that what she teaches now is intuitive eating and nourishing your body and meeting yourself where you're at. I know if you resonate with me and the words and work that I put out, you are absolutely going to love Sophie. In this episode, we talk about freeing the nipple You'll get the full story. We talk about how a controlling relationship that she was in turned into a controlling relationship with food and her eating disorder, what that looks like for her, how she healed from it. We talk about commenting on other people's bodies, their appearance, their weight, and Sophie shares her thoughts on this, and then we dive into healing the mother wound. So we cover some serious territory in this episode. I can't wait for you to dive in. As always, grab a pen and paper, grab a tea, get comfy, put your running shoes on if you want, and go for a walk. This is the perfect opportunity to just go outside even for 20 minutes, rain or shine, get your little booty out there, raise those endorphins, get the feel-good chemicals going as you listen to the two of us. I also feel like when I'm moving my body, listening to this kind of conversation, I absorb the information at a whole nother level. Like it really sinks in at a cellular level. So get out of your way, get into your body and welcome Sophie to the show. I'm so happy to be with you. Touch. Yeah. I love you. So, so happy You're to be so with special. you. I feel like we have <laughs> the funniest relationship in that we've only actually met in person once, but I also feel like you're a sister and I could tell you anything. Know. And we were together for five minutes. We're talking about nipple tape and I'm like, I have bad BO. And she's like, you need the chlorophyll drops yeah. and just right into it. Yep. I do. I feel like time and space these days is... It doesn't exist. No. And I feel it now more than ever, more than ever. I told you what I was going through right before this. And I was like, I somehow have to make it on this podcast by 1030. And yet I'm like standing with my brother, screaming to a pillow, getting out all that. Like, it doesn't matter. None of it matters. No. It's all happening exactly as it's supposed to. Time and space doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And it's really just about presence 
and then like trusting that it's all going to unfold exactly as it's supposed to. And again, I feel so grateful to be here and honored to know you. And it does feel like we've known each other for lifetimes. I think also just the intimacy of being part of your group. Yeah. And it was so special. So Sophie was part of the Food Freedom Group, which was previously called The Reset. Mm-hmm. And we got to work together to support an amazing group of women so special. Who, were, who were doing the work. Yeah. So I think I, I got to know you so well through that. Yeah. And we have such similar views. And we are both parents yes. and moms and, and just doing the thing, yes. doing this life dance together. Yes. Okay, so for those of you <laughs> who have not been part of the Food Freedom Program, who haven't listened to my previous episode with Sophie, let me introduce her. She mm. is just, I mean, you can't put words on this human. Mm. Her essence is so incredible. But if we were to try, she is a coach. She is a mom of three. She is an entrepreneur and business founder, mm. raw food chef. But you don't eat raw food all the time mm. by any means. You're an intuitive eater. Her company, Philosophy, makes beautiful superfoods with just like the most incredible nourishing ingredients, chlorophyll drops, smoothie mixes. I mean, I'm obsessed. And then you hold space for so many incredible Mm -hmm. humans in their growth and transformation. You and your husband had a podcast. Mm -hmm. I could go on and on and on, but you really are an incredibly (laughs) special human. And I'm so honored to have you here to share a piece of your story We're going to talk about body image, disordered eating, keeping the flame alive Mm -hmm. in these gorgeous relationships that we have, and also an experience that you went through that seems very profound and transformational with your mama this year. I'm excited. Well, Sophie walked in today just to to lighten the mood for a second here. Sophie walked in today, and I was like, girl, I got to tell you something. I put on a shirt that I had clearly worn before, and the two days before I get my period, I'm just like the stinkiest human alive. I don't have BO other than those two days. Hormones. like gnarly. And so I clearly wore this top that I'm wearing and then took it off, folded it up, and just put it back in the stack of shirts (laughs) to wear the next time. So I come down here, I put it on, and I don't notice anything at first, and I'm doing my makeup, and you start to warm up. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, the shirt just smells rank. It's gnarly. But I don't have another cute look to wear for my girl. So I'm like, do I wear it or not? Anyways, Soph shows up and she's got basically the same top on. And <laughs> literally, like actually though. <laughs> and you t- you can tell your side of the story. So at the same moment, yes, I was looking at myself in the mirror and saying, ooh, this shirt is a little, little free the nip situation. <laughs> um, I live in a bubble in LA where like it doesn't matter. No one cares. And I don't care. Yes. And yet you saw me kind of press against societal norms where I was like, but would your followers care? Or does the interwebs care? And like this funny thing that like as women, we have to protect ourselves in this way, but do we? And then I started to ask this (laughs) – your sound person, the video operator, this amazing woman here, does she have tape so I could cover up my nipples just in case – you were like, I don't know if they'll be too distracting, mm-hmm. which is a real thought that yeah. we have to think. Yeah. Like, will, which is will so people be able up. to hear my words or will they just be looking at my nipples? Yeah. Now, in the meantime, everyone's going to see the video version of this yeah. so that they're, they can check out your nipples. But yeah. we, this is an important they're conversation. They're good nipples. So we're working through whether or not she should put 
duct tape, mm-hmm. production duct tape. And which one? There's three different types of tape and I'm looking at the tape. And in that moment, you caught me on video say, no, for my daughter, for our daughters. You were like, what would I want for Noah? And you were like, I would want her to free the nib. I'm not wearing the tape. I want future Noah to never feel like, in my daughter Noah is five and a half. Like I never, ever, I don't want her to live in a world where she even considers any of this. I don't want that to be the default. Right. Right. So Sophie's here. Without the tape. Without the tape. We said, fuck the tape. It just doesn't even matter. No, it just literally doesn't. doesn't. It just doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. And if it was a boy, they would never, ever even consider this. No. Okay. So on this topic of freeing nipples and body image, can you take everyone back Mm -hmm. and just talk a little bit about your story and your relationship with your body over the years? Yeah. Like, you're a yoga teacher. Mm-hmm. You're so embodied. I wanted to say, like, you're so gorgeous. Mm, but you. And you are. But it doesn't even matter mm-hmm. regardless. Have you always <laughs> just felt confident well, and embodied? Isn't, isn't it funny, like, that, like, beauty comes from within thing that we've heard for so long? A lot of these concepts are real. Like, confidence comes from within. Like, I remember learning that in, like, middle school and being like, what does that even mean? Yes. But like you saying you're so gorgeous, you're seeing who I am and how I feel about myself and how I love myself. And that is beautiful. Yes. And it's a little harder when you're in the shadowy part. And I'm sure people that are listening right now are like in a place where they aren't in the confident place and they don't believe that they're confident. And so we'll get there with like, you know, the processes of that if you're interested. But for me, I have – I did grow up loving myself my mom was very, very affirmation-focused and, like, we'd be looking in the mirror and I'd be brushing my teeth or whatever. And she's just like, you are so beautiful. You are so smart. Like, looking in the mirror at me, like, that was the way she spoke to herself and that yeah. was the way she spoke to me. Beautiful. So I grew up having incredible role model in that way of mm. self-love. My mom took care of herself mm. emotionally in a deep way in a deep Not way just like mom's she doing and she, baths. she was always like a little overweight she like after yeah. she left my dad like there was some sadness there and yeah. she also like it was some cushioning to protect herself which I can yeah. totally relate to but it wasn't about the it wasn't about the outside it was about she took care of herself mm-hmm. And she nourished herself, and I learned how to do that. Like, she was the one that, like, once a week had her friend coming over to get a, give her a massage, and everyone – mommy's getting a massage. Like, yeah. and it – you know, like, she was ahead come, of her time. She was ahead of her time. She was ahead of her yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. So I grew up in that way, having that beautiful example of, like, someone actually just telling me and mm-hmm. creating that voice. Yeah. And then – in high school, middle school, high school, I still felt confident and loved myself and felt really good, I'd say, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. It can be messy and yeah. girls can be mean. And then I went through a really hard relationship, 15 to 20, that made me really question all of that. I felt like I was on a, like a different planet mm. because he was so insecure and so controlling. And for some reason, I was with him. Like I think I just had a lot of lessons to learn. Yeah, But he wouldn't let me wear like this would never be allowed Mm. like a shoulder would never be allowed like I came home one day to a I was 17 I came home to a v-neck white t-shirt that was ripped up in shreds and a pile on my bed and I still see it and that was over 20 years ago 
so very territorial. Very territorial. Like your body is mine. Yes. And I get to decide what you can wear, what's right, what's okay. And he was my first everything. Mm-hmm. I never even considered anyone else. Right. And he would be like, what are you looking at? So I stopped looking outward at all, even though I really – I had, like, the most genuine desire there was just to, like, be a human being looking around in my life. Well, yeah, you're you. You are somebody who's arms wide open yeah. and but that, connecting. But I was confident, and yeah. that made him feel even more insecure. Right. So then he wanted to stifle that because mm. he grew up in a home that was abusive. His parents were alcoholics. His dad used to, like, kick the dog down the stairs. Like, Aww physically abusive so he was just replicating what he knew and what he was displayed whereas I was this loving being that came from confidence and love I mean my I was loved like there's a lot of not great things about childhood and hard things that happen but I was loved I was secure and I was confident Mm -hmm. and that was that made him feel some kind of way Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country, anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash rawbeautytalks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash rawbeautytalks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L com slash talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you over. So you start to go a bit inward and even the way you were talking about that, you started to look down and hunch the shoulders down a little bit. How did that impact and change your relationship with your body? And then food came into the story at some point. Yeah. I don't even think I've thought about this parallel, but I think that like right after I finally got free from him, that's when the control with food stuff came Mm, because I was not being in alignment with myself and using my voice enough. 
I tried here and there, but I was not using my voice enough, and I stayed with someone who was abusing me. Right. Sexually, emotionally, psychologically, physically. And that disharmony in my body and that dissonance created this pattern with food and body image that that was dysfunctional because I was in disharmony with myself. I wasn't in alignment. So many women question their voice or feel like their voice shakes when they speak their truth or they feel out of alignment with or that they're not in connection with whose voice theirs is versus their mom's versus the boyfriend's versus all of the things. So I think because I was so confident and clear and did have such a strong voice, thanks to my mom and my dad Mm -hmm. and my upbringing and the women in my life, my older sister, she just – I just had the best examples. And then I was with this man, this Mm -hmm. boy, this child from 15 to 20. And it fucked me up. And it made me not – again, I was in like the twilight zone. Mm -hmm. Like this is not love, but he's telling me he loves me. I've shared this connection with him. It's so intimate. Is this what love is? And like I knew it wasn't intellectually Mm -hmm. and in my body and my nervous system – but it became like this addiction. Yeah. Like love To getting the love from him. I want to change him. Yeah. Come to my side. Yes. And it got far. Like he like moved to LA with me and like it got very messy. And now he's doing really, really well for whatever it's worth. Mm-hmm. He's married with three kids and mm-hmm. seems seems from afar like loving and good. And like he, well, people he got the lessons from it we as know. well. Yeah. He just wasn't my person. He was my person to explore with. And so I had a really strong voice and a knowing of who I was. I didn't use my voice appropriately during that time. And because I kept pushing it down, yes, that's where the control came later. Yes. Okay. So for you, when we talk about disordered eating, it was really a control thing, yeah. you think? Yeah. And what did that look like for you? So I feel like it first started around, I want to say like 20. Okay. I was living with two girls in college. They were my roommates. We all lived in one bedroom at UCLA. And I think it was the first kind of moments that I realized, you know, you're out of your parents' home and you're not being fed what they feed you and you get to have control over for the first time in college. Like I have to make my own food and what does that look like? And they both grew up in L.A., Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I grew up in a small town in Maryland. Like, I didn't know anyone that had eating disorders. Mm-hmm. I didn't really grow up around, like, Hollywood stuff. Like, I'd visit L.A. to visit my dad, but it was wholesome. Right. We'd go to Disneyland. And right. Go shopping and yeah. eat good food and snuggle, you know? Like, it wasn't about Hollywood. And I had a very healthy relationship with that until I moved to L.A. and was living with these two girls who grew up in L.A. So they had a very different relationship to their bodies. Mm -hmm. And they were both on diets in different ways. And one was taking diet pills and one was controlling their eating and only would allow herself to have like – this large Splenda-filled frozen Mm -hmm. yogurt with like sugar-free chocolate chips – and like it, it just like all the diet it, food of that time. Yes. it's like yeah. you'll yeah. All that's of it. The labels of that's what's it. okay, what's not that's okay, yeah. and that's all we were allowed to. I mean, right. like, and then I was like, okay, I guess I'm doing this too. But I had an appetite, and I liked food, and I yeah. was like stealing our roommates' food because I was starving, and you know, so it just became this like 
oh, and then I kind of just gave into it and then started to control my eating with like writing down what I was eating. Yes. I was actually nannying for someone who wrote down every single thing she ate. And so I think I was influenced by that. I'm like, oh, maybe I should be doing that. Mm. And so, yeah, just influences, you know? And so like I'm hoping that I can influence people. That's why I share openly about all of this. I'm very much healed in my eating relationship. Thank God it took a long time. But the reason I share is so Mm -hmm. that someone doesn't have to spend so much time in the the depths of it. Yeah. You know? Why do you say, thank God I healed from it? Because that may seem like a silly question, but – I think so many people are like so caught in the tracking mm. or caught in the control. Or I feel anxiety the- just hearing you talk about it. Like, oh, right? Because I wasted parts of my life. I wasted my days away obsessing over what I was eating, what I was going to eat later, what I ate the night before, the amount of energy and love and time I wasted in that period of my life makes me nauseated. Mm-hmm. So thank God I'm not stuck in that loop anymore and I can be present to pleasure and desire and actually fulfilling those desires instead of like eating the thing that's sort of the thing. Mm. And I actually was thinking about this the other day. I was making this like delicious dessert which like dates and almond butter and cho- real chocolate and sea salt and like all these things and – I was making it and I was like, man, I remember making weird, low calorie, zero fat things to kind of be the thing that I'm craving, Mm -hmm. but it's not. So it has like four chocolate chips in it. And so I'm like, I got chocolate or I got this dessert, but it's made of like air. And so it doesn't fulfill that desire. And so I'm always hungry. I was always hungry and I was always just like craving that satisfaction on a deep level, but I was never allowing myself to feel the satisfaction, probably because of that relationship where like, I wasn't allowed to even like open my eyes and look around that level of control in my relationship, then like, okay, now I can do that for myself. And Mm -hmm. I'm in control because I'm the one controlling myself instead of someone else outside of me. However, I was in a disordered now relationship with food, which is so challenging. Any kind of addiction, spiral, stuckness with any substance is definitely so hard. It's not any worse. But like food is food. Like it's really hard to disentangle from that because all day long we're meant to eat. You have to to survive. Yes. Survive. So you're never not going to think about it at all, but it is how much space does it take up? And can you eat a meal and then move on to the next thing? Or are you already thinking about feeling guilt about what you ate and then thinking about what's coming next? And what's the energy around food? Yes, yes. So hearing you talk about these friends at UCLA, Mm -hmm. I have two clients that I'm working with right now who are in it. in it at UCLA wow. specifically. And so I, I want to touch on this for them. <laughs> you know who you are. This period of time, whether you're at UCLA or elsewhere, seems like a really volatile time. Are they early 20s? Disordered eating. Yes. Are they, they're in. Okay. And they're living with roommates yeah. who have disordered eating mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. And then there becomes so much pressure to eat what 
not even pressure from the other person, but they feel like they should be eating what somebody else is eating and shame and guilt if they're not eating what those other people are eating. And then there's so much comparison around body image and what this person looks like Mm. and that person looks like and their friends full on anorexic going in at a hospital. Like it's just, it's so much at this time of life when, You're discovering Uh, who you are. Yes. Separate from everyone else. Yes. And then there's these influences around you and you're like, are they doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? Is should I be doing that? Should I be doing that? Yes. If you could go back the you right here, right now, and sit with your 22-year-old self Mm. who was at UCLA and in that dorm room, what advice would you give to her? Well, I commend the girls that are reaching out and having a coach because that's huge. First of all, like having someone to hold your hand, that's a healthy, inspiring, hopefully woman in your life that can hold your hand through it, like a mentor. That's really, really important. I also have a client I'm starting with next week that I'm really excited for the same, same sort of thing. If you can't afford a mentor, I would have told myself, you're perfect exactly as you are. Flaws you know, insecurities, it's all okay. It's part of this time. Mm. You're in a transition. It's uncomfortable. It's kind of like when you're 13 going through puberty. Yes. Very similar next wave of that discomfort as you kind of emerge into adulthood and you've got sovereignty Mm -hmm. and you've got this independence, maybe for the first time in your life, true independence. You're living on your own. Yet you're heavily influenced by other people because they're in your face. I would just say keep showing up. Start journaling. Journaling is really nice reflection of like where you are, your feelings, your emotions. Make sure you're getting it out because you're going through a lot of boyfriends and girlfriends and exploration and who do I want to be? Like we're meant to like choose a major. Like I don't know who I'm going to be in 10 years from now and what Mm -hmm. career I want. It gets a lot of pressure. So if you can find ways to connect with yourself and get quiet, and that doesn't have to look like what anyone else is doing out there, it could be meditation, it could be breath work, it could be just sitting with yourself for a few moments and like making a connection with your heart and your belly and just feeling your own energy instead of everyone else's and let everyone else's energy just drop away. And it could take 60 seconds. It could be 10 minutes before everyone else's energy drops away. But really connecting to your own vibration because you already know the answers. Mm. It's in there. It's just complicated and convoluted because there's so many voices coming at you and they have social media. Like, thank God I didn't have social media then. Oh get offline. Don't scroll. Mm -hmm. When you catch yourself scrolling, remember like, okay, I love you. Let's take a break. Let's go do something that's going to be proactive and feel good and inward because the constant seeking outward is part of the problem. Pick up some sort of hobby or something that is just with yourself, Mm. not with anyone else. What would you say was the turning point or that process of moving out of the space of total control to more ease around food. I wish I knew exactly. Like, I don't think it was like I woke up one day, but I was definitely disgusted with myself. 
I was horrified. I was just like, I can't believe that I keep repeating these patterns. Like I just got tired of it. I got tired of like overeating. I got tired of undereating. I got I was tired. I got tired of tracking. I got just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like this is not healthy. And I knew it. I definitely had to swing the pendulum and, and go into extremes. And, you know, I was like raw vegan for a year and a half. It's very extreme. And then it was just like another way to control. And then from there, I became a vegan for seven years. And that was another way to control. And like, but not, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, I just only eat vegan. Like, I need right. a special menu. Like, do you have this? Can you just no cheat? It was just a constant. Let's just put rigidity and rules around it to almost create a false sense of ease because then I don't even have to consider half of the food options out there. Not my fault. I'm just vegan. But here's the challenge is that it is so normalized and right. and so praised. For some people, I really believe that they're vegan because of their beliefs around animal connection. It's different. Fair. This is different. different. This is different. What's challenging is that when you're in UCLA in that dorm room or you are a raw chef who's working for George Clooney, mm-hmm. by the way, you were like back there, you're being so praised and celebrated yeah. for it and like, wow, you're so good. And look at you with all of your control. You're mm-hmm. like Demi Moore and like, mm-hmm. da, 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 mm-hmm. you know, and so what's challenging about it is that you're being told that it's good and it's right. Or like when you walk into a room and you, you lost some weight because you're like not eating for days and someone's like, you look great. You lose weight. Yes. It's just reinforcement constantly. Like I, and that's why like same with the nipples from the beginning of this episode. Yes. No, I'm not going to cover them up with tape Mm. because I'm not in the stone ages. And what I want for my daughter is to not even think twice about her body being perfect as it is. Right. Future generations, let's change the narrative. Mm. Let's not be afraid to show our bodies exactly where they are. You've got thicker thighs, wear the shorts. If it makes you feel good. This shirt makes me feel good. I feel like myself Mm -hmm. in this shirt. The same thing goes for the way we make comments about each other's bodies. Yeah, let's talk about this. It's the same idea. We must change the narrative now. We have to stop saying Mm. these things that are hurting our future selves. You look great. You look vibrant. You look energetic. You look joyful. It's so much. You're glowing. It's so much different. You are oozing femininity today. Mm. I'm just like, woo! You're, right. You know, not you look thin or you look yeah, thicker. Yes. You look whatever it is. Don't comment on anyone, man or woman's physical appearance ever again. Yes. Just as we don't say other words that are no longer part of our normal vernacular. Mm-hmm. Right. It is time for us to stop commenting on women's bodies, what they look like physically, only what you see in terms of energy and Something that has nothing to do with weight, size, right? Yes, please. Like, it's in. It's over. It is so over. But there is a transition period of getting used to not commenting on it. For sure. So I have a friend, and I saw her last night, and I know she has been so focused on losing weight. Yeah. And I know this has been a lifelong battle for her. Yeah, that's different. And I saw her for the first time. Well, I still didn't comment on Mm -hmm. it. But it was hard. Mm-hmm. I really had to because you saw you saw the shift through it, and you know her. Well, I work saw she's her, been putting in. and I she looks different. Mm-hmm. She looks completely different. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing, though. Here's what I know from 
all the conversations we've had over the last decade, you know this too. I have no idea if she has an eating disorder right now. I have no idea what she is going through behind Nothing. the scenes mm-hmm. to get there. Mm-hmm. And it, so you don't want to be commenting on exactly. it, praising her for it could be reinforcing something that's really bad. Now she might be doing it in a totally healthy way. And we don't just, know. We don't. Let's know. assume that we don't know what that woman or man is going through behind the scenes. So what can you comment on? That has nothing to do with their physical appearance yeah. because you have no idea what battle they're fighting. Yeah. You have no idea what that one comment is going to trigger for that person. They might have, might have been out of their eating disorder for six months. And then you say they look oh, healthier. Healthier. we will say healthier. You look healthier. And they take it as, as bigger. Bigger. And they break out. They buy a scale when they leave. Yeah. They go straight to McDonald's and they fill up because they're about to go on a oh. – Deep, deep anorexic binge. Yes. And you have no idea. Yes. So we must stop for our daughters, for future generations, we must stop commenting on women's bodies and men's bodies because they also have eating disorders. And just take a breath in that moment when you see that person and you notice the change. Take a deep breath and then give them a big squeeze. Give them the hug. It's so So they feel seen. They want to feel seen. Let them really be seen. I can't wait to to spend time with you and hear everything that's going on. This is just our vessel. It's the vessel. It's just our vessel. And the reflection on the outside of the work we're doing on the inside is wonderful to see. And the people that really know you well and know that you are in a healthy place, if your sister has been showing up every day and working hard and exercising and intuitive eating and taking care of herself and getting enough sleep and water and all the things, sure, say, I see your progress. I see you. Yes. I love seeing you take care Mm -hmm. of yourself and you're glowing. Mm -hmm. Like your energy just feels different right now. And And that's uh, what we all want to hear. The physical appearance, that isn't what it's about. Yeah. It's who we are as beings, as spiritual beings. This is just the vessel. Mm. And this is extra credit. Like what shows up here is just what's going on inside. Uh, Always. Mm -hmm. It's a reflection of what's going on inside. And yeah, we got to almost put a disclaimer around that. If you're skinny, it doesn't mean that you're doing well. Absolutely it's, not. Well, that's not what we're talking about. It's it's an energy. It's yeah. something that you feel. It's and it's, and it's also vibration. balance. It's also a balance. It's figuring out, like, not like I talked about, the pendulum kept swinging for me. I was so exhausted by riding that pendulum and swinging through my days. Extreme restriction and then extreme opposite of that. And just... I was exhausted and tired. And the only way to kind of, again, back to that girl who was making things to to seem like the thing, but it's really like zero fat, zero calories, whatever, whatever, very low calories, restriction, restriction, instead of just, this is a deeper like feminine conversation of having a desire and actually allowing ourselves to receive the desire and declare that desire, whether it's food, mm. an indulgence, sex, whatever it might be, our society, just like covering up my fucking nipples, <laughs> has told us to shut up yeah. and be quiet and make babies and keep your head down and you're too big. Enough. Mm. Enough. We're not too big. We're not too bright. We're exactly as we should be. And if people around us are telling us we're too big, too bright and cover up your nipples and that doesn't feel like alignment for you, find new friends, Mm. find a new job, find a new career, 
time to change things up. If yeah. you know in your heart that that doesn't feel like it's in alignment for you. Yeah. Set those boundaries. Do Make changes. It's yeah. okay. We're meant to change. Okay, to change. We're meant to evolve. We're not meant to stay the mm. same. Call in more goodness for yourself yeah. because you are so, so worthy of it. Obviously, in the Food Freedom Program, we provide a bit of a strategy and a system. If you're at that exhausted point and you're like, but where do I even begin? Mm -hmm. Is it as simple as just not tracking anymore? So there's support Mm -hmm. in a program like Food Freedom. But if you were, say, just going back to that phase where you're like, I'm so tired, what's one step that you would recommend for people to move into a more intuitive place? If you're wanting to move into a more intuitive place and you've been – stuck for a while with behaviors and patterns that you're not feeling like are in alignment anymore, maybe feel draining, Mm. I would say start to add in a new healthy habit, something nourishing. Mm. So maybe you add in a massage, maybe you add in a art class, maybe you add in, like I was saying, those quiet activities that are nourishing like meditation or a breathwork class or a sound bath, just start adding in those types of things and slowly the other things will go away. And instead of if you're hurting your body because you're not moving intuitively and you're like running five miles a day or whatever the extreme is for you and you're killing yourself and you're tired, Choose the Pilates class, choose the yoga class, choose the napping instead, choosing the going to bed early. Just start to make small shifts in a positive direction. Don't even worry about the taking away. Just start to take in more of the goodness and the nourishing yourself and loving yourself because we're not in a place of love when we're doing that. We're in a place of fear, of scarcity, of not enoughness. And so if we can just start to do the opposite behavior and add in as much of that as possible, all of a sudden you're spending your days much more in that category and the other things start to drift away. And also in a very practical sense, get rid of the things that you can. Like when I was still in a place where I couldn't really control my eating, I had to not have those things I would binge on around. That's okay. Like if you're addicted to cigarettes, don't have cigarettes in the drawer Mm. as a tease. If you love ice cream and that's your trigger point, just remove it for a while. Yes. In that sense, remove it. But certain habits and things that make you feel good, like, and it's still not part of that healthy behavior, you don't have to remove everything. Mm -hmm. But start to replace. There's so many healthy things you can get instead. Or, you know, figure out what those triggers are. Get really crystal clear on these are the triggers. And then I – again, I go into a tailspin. And then I spiral. Yes. This thing makes me spiral. Once we're clear on what makes us spiral, make a list. Like, that's why I was saying journaling. Like, it doesn't have to be like, dear diary. It's it's like, (laughs) bitch – I see you. I love you. Let's do this. I'm tired. What what can I do to shift some things right now? Well, that friendship doesn't make me feel good anymore. What can I do? What are the steps to get there? Right? Yeah. You know, it, it, what you just said is so important. It never really is about the food when no. we start doing this work. It's the friendship that's triggering us. It's the void of I'm not enough. It's the story that we've been – uh, that's been on repeat. It's in the wrong life. friend group the that's journaling. not elevating you. It's yeah. the wrong relationship that's not elevating yeah. you. It's the the career that's keeping you stuck in status quo. And you're like that stuckness, which is what I felt after my relationship with my ex was like, 
it was stuck in my body because I wasn't expressing my needs. Mm -hmm. I wasn't expressing my desires. I was scared to speak up because he would hit me or throw me into a field or chase me or be scary. So I stopped doing that and it became repressed in my body and stuck. And so I was screaming for control and reaching for whatever I could do to control. It happens all the time. I notice I'm feeling that stuckness in my body and I have to figure out what it is I need to shift and change because I'm always growing. Thank God we're always growing. So things around us need to evolve as well because if it's keeping us stuck by having these conversations with people that is low vibration – or not seeing you as you are, not really seeing you. Mm-hmm. They are commenting on the way you look and it doesn't make you feel good. Or they are talking badly about other people, not from like a, I need to understand myself better and the patterns, you know, in my life and why I'm, why this is happening in this relationship. But instead they're tearing someone down. That doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't feel good to show up to that job every day anymore, because it's not who you want to be and who you are in this moment, you've got to make some changes. And that looks different. The way you make changes in friendship or the way you make changes at your career are different than the way that I might because of my makeup and what's authentic for me. But figuring out what that path is, that's what I meant by journaling. Write it down. Here are the trigger points. Here's what's upsetting me. Here's where I'm not fulfilled. And make some shifts over time. Mm. You've got this. You Mm -hmm. have got this. You went through what for many is one of the most transformative, transformational, challenging moments this past year. Your mom passed. And when I first met you, what Mm. I remember was that you had a difficult relationship with your mom. I remember talking about that and you had set boundaries and Mm. you were working through it. And clearly you had worked through it. Can you just, can you talk to us a little bit about your relationship with your mom? Yeah. Who, Mm -hmm. when you talked about her at the beginning of this episode, there's just so much love there and what you learned in this big life moment. Yeah. So my mom died April 17th of this year. We had a very, very intense relationship. I am a very strong, I am triple earth. I'm a Taurus. I am strong. She taught me to be strong. She taught me to use my voice. And she is a Sagittarius, fire, adventurous, badass, trailblazing woman. And there was conflict in my teen years because I was a teenager, like baby Sophie grew up. I think she knew that my relationship was really bad during that five years She's such a good mother that she didn't tell me what to do. Mm. But there was dissonance there, and I was rebellious. I moved out. I, like, wanted my independence. I knew what was right for me. I didn't. So there was conflict. And then I moved to L.A., and she thought that I chose my dad because my dad lives in L.A. Mm. And they divorced when I was eight, and they didn't have a good ending And so her story was that I was choosing my stepmom and choosing my dad. And really, I was choosing myself. I was choosing to be with my dad, but I wasn't choosing my dad over my mom. I was a child. Little Sophie wanted to spend some time with her dad Mm -hmm. and still loved her mom and wanted to be loved by her mom. Mm -hmm. She hadn't actually done the work around that herself. And I was too young. I was 18 when I moved to L.A. I was too young to understand why she was acting the way she was. 
and I didn't know how to take ownership. I just was like, why can't I love you both? And so I was put in a pretty uncomfortable situation for a few years and I had to stop talking to her because every time I would talk to her, I would cry. It would end in tears Mm -hmm. and I was grasping to try and understand, but it was too complex for my my little prefrontal cortex and I just wasn't developed enough and mature enough to understand. And she wasn't doing the work. The reality is she wasn't doing the work for herself Mm -hmm. and for me. So we took some time apart. I started having babies and I knew that just as she was an incredible mom to me at a young age, I knew she'd be a great grandmother. Mm -hmm. I knew that. Even though we weren't on speaking terms, I knew she would be a great grandmother. Mm -hmm. And so I started going inward and doing the work for myself. I had two boys first and that was a gift and that wasn't a coincidence because I feel that I was here to untether unhealthy cords on the maternal line of my family Mm -hmm. because there was a lot of toxicity with her mother. And then it was perpetuated with my sister and my mom. And then it was perpetuated with me. Mm-hmm. And the cycle continued. And I, I'm like, this is where it stops. And I knew I wanted a daughter. And I waited five years to have Noah from, from Leo. Leo was six when I had Noah. So five years till I got pregnant. And it's not a coincidence. It was divine purpose. And I worked for years from when I really got pregnant with Kai. So eight years I worked on my mother wound Mm. and I worked with therapists. I worked with different plant medicines. It was really heavy on my heart because it's my mom. Yeah. And I didn't want to pass that on to my daughter Mm -hmm. and I wanted to have a daughter, Mm -hmm. but I didn't want to pass that on. You got right in there with it. Got right in there. And you found, you found peace. I did. And I, unfortunately, it's not even unfortunately, it just is our, our story is that like I did it on my own without really her being a part of it. Mm-hmm. But I cleared that channel and that that cord is just so clean and healthy from my end. Yes. And then it changed things with our relationship. She felt me doing the work. She could tell I showed up differently with yes. less, less defenses and less criticism. And it was just love. Mm-hmm. And that, that was my side because all I wanted was to create love, another child and a woman and a girl and a daughter. Mm. And so by the time I had Noah, it was clean. And then I got to have a relationship with my mom and there were a lot of boundaries that were required again, because she wasn't doing the work, ongoing work. She was doing her own version of it, but she came from a very different generation. All of our parents fifties. Five children. Her mom told her every day that she didn't want them. Mm -hmm. She never wanted to be a mom. Every day my mom heard that from her mother. Yet she had the wherewithal to say to me how wanted I was and how beautiful I was and how perfect I was. And, you know, she did enough work to get there where I had that childhood even though she had that childhood. So she did work. It just wasn't she was she was tired and and she was she dealt with a lot in her life and she was married three times and She'd been through a lot and she was yes. tired. So she was just kind of like, I can't do this anymore. I can't fight anymore. So I did it for us. <laughs> I felt that before. <laughs> I did that for us. Wow. Wow. And what a gift for your own kids. I mean, whenever we're doing the work, it can feel like it's going to never end. It can feel so raw. It can feel 
all the emotions are coming up. <laughs> but we had a conversation at the beginning of this. We were talking about your brother mm-hmm. who's so in it. Yeah. And I said it can be really hard watching someone that you love, that you're so close to, go through that. Both of us as coaches see people going through this in the day-to-day all the time. Transformation. It's different when it's a family member. Yeah. Uh, it can light some little things up inside uh-huh. you. But we both said it's so incredible watching people go through it too because you know what's on the other side. Yeah. Yeah, you, you said – know what's on the other side. You said, oh, that must be so hard watching him go through that. And I said, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not hard because I know, what's, I know what's on the other side. Well, he was living with my mom when she died. He was helping take mm-hmm. care of her. He's 37. He's two years younger than me. We were very close as kids. And now he's living with us. And for the last eight months, I've been supporting him emotionally, spiritually, like every day as cheerleader in in my own way. Yeah. Building trust because I knew that he was going to probably have to come live with us. Mm -hmm. And so over the last eight, nine months, I've been building trust with him every single day, financially supporting him, et cetera, et cetera. It's been about six weeks now. Mm -hmm. And due to that trust I was building with him over time – I was talking to my acupuncturist about him, and she suggested a program. It's a very deep therapeutic program. And the timing worked out, and he did level one about three weeks ago. And it's like level one's all building you up and building the trust and getting the language of therapy, of of, of healing, of transformation, of what's possible. Mm-hmm. But it was very safe and contained. Mm-hmm. He's now in level two. It's five days it's from like 11 a.m. Last night he got out at 2 a.m. Wow. And he hasn't really done much work throughout the years. He's been in survival mode most of his life. And right before coming here, uh, it's the first time I've seen him in, in the two and a half days that he's been in this level too. And I know what's coming because I have close friends. My acupuncturist suggested this. Another one of my dearest friends went through all the programming of mm-hmm. this thing. And she – is like this is they're going to tear him down. This is when they really get in there. And so I know that's what he's going through. Just before coming here, he was a mess. Mm-hmm. And he was crying and anxious and overwhelmed and feeling lonely and feeling attacked and, yeah. and wants to run. And I just told him, keep leaning in. Mm-hmm. I know it's uncomfortable. They're doing this on purpose. They want to see what comes up for you? What patterning comes up for you mm-hmm. when you're faced with all of this overwhelm mm-hmm. and abandonment and all of the things that are, they're testing you? And I said to him what I say to my 11-year-old all the time, life is a video game. What lesson, what gifts are you meant to learn in this level so you can move to the next level? Mm-hmm. And for me, it just, it helps so much to see it that way because life is a video game. It's fun. It's fun to do the work. It's fun to climb in a video game over big mountains. Like, and you might die. You might have to do the level again. (laughs) Yes. And that's okay. You most likely will. You will. We will. We're going to do it again and again and again until we figure out the gifts and the lessons. And so I told my brother that, you know, and. I'm like, do you hear me? <laughs> like, I'm like holding his shoulders and I held his heart and I had him scream into a pillow and I just did, used all the practices I could in a 15-minute period. But it, the idea is it's all happening for us. All that we need is within us. Mm. Keep showing up even when you feel gross and you're in the middle of the transformation and you're in the chrysalis and 
you know, it's murky and dark and shadowy and scary and you feel alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. You're never alone. You might physically feel like you're alone. Maybe you live alone. Maybe you feel like you're not supported. You are. People are cheering for you all the time. They're thinking about you. They're sending you good energy. I'm cheering for you. Aaron's cheering for you. Like my followers, when they keep me in the loop and they tell me what's going on, I'm like, I'm in it with you. Yes. And if you need us, reach out to us. Always. You're never alone. Never, never, never. Yeah. This is such a beautiful journaling exercise in and of itself Mm. to just take a moment right now and to consider any patterns that you see yourself in. Maybe it's like I'm tracking food or I weigh myself every day and that feels yucky or I keep going back to the same guy. Whatever that pattern is for you, you know what it is. You know. And then think about it through this lens of I'm in a video game right now. What is the freaking lesson here? Mm. What do I need to learn? It's so exciting. You know one of my things that I'm in right now or have been, uh, I'm leveling up, is around financial well-being. Like, yes. How am I broke again? How is there zero yes. dollars in my bank account yeah. again? It's like, okay, whew, wake up. No one's coming to save you, honey. So what is the lesson? What do you need to learn? In what way do you need to evolve? So do that work. Please take a moment to write down what cycle mm. is showing up for you. What is the lesson? What is the practice that you as a human being need to learn, uh, need to evolve into? Imagine your future self holding you like you're a little girl right now or you're a little boy and you're like cocooned into the fetal position and your future self is holding you. Maybe it's your mom. Maybe it's your dad. Maybe it's just your future self. And the older version is saying, I'm so proud of you. You've got this. And they're asking you, what are the gifts and the lessons of this moment? What do you need to learn? And then share it. Share it out loud. Share it in the vision. And then write it down so that you don't need to keep hitting these lessons over and over again because it becomes harder. The universe pushes a little harder and louder. And that's what we're trying to avoid is like the rock bottom, wake the fuck up. Mm -hmm. You don't want to hit that moment. Mm -hmm. Some of us have to Mm -hmm. look around. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I've had to hit rock bottom in many, many ways, but pay attention. Yeah. Because you don't have to. You don't have to. You can the just see. Are subtle. Yeah, like no. look, look a little further up. Like you know, in a video game. Like at least, like I don't play newer video games, but like <laughs> in Mario, which is like the last video games I play. I actually got my kids for for Christmas or Hanukkah, like the the OG, uh, the OG no, Game Boy, yes, and yes. I keep stealing it. It's so fun. <laughs> Takes you back. Anyway, but but one of the things I have is like here's the 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 visual perspective, and then like just above. If you mm. hop on the box and then hop on the cloud, above that is a box. Yeah. And in that is a vine that takes you up to all the coins and all the things and all the money and all the abundance. It's, it's all there. there. But open up your eyes and look for the signs. Like what cloud can you jump on? What box can you jump on? What mailbox? You've got this like closed door in front of you. Do you give up? Like you're supposed to drop off this thing for your friend. No, I'm going to climb through that window or I'm going to go through the cellar or I'm going to – Oh, I see there's a a roof up top. Oh, there's a ladder. Like, look around Mm -hmm. and open your eyes because the lesson is right there. Yes. The signs are there. The universe wants to help you. It's pushing you along the way and saying, look up. 
But you got to stop scrolling. You got to get out of your own way. You got to stop the behaviors that are trapping you, trapping you and keeping you stuck in this level. You got to free yourself. And the only way to free yourself is by getting this awareness that we're talking about, taking this journaling prompt, right? Mm -hmm. Free yourself, babies. So where, where can everyone find you? Like you are an incredibly open book and share so beautifully. And what I love about your shares is that you don't just open the wound and you're like, oh, I'm over here bleeding out in my marriage or this. You're very good at bringing it full circle and providing tips or strategies or insights or a little aha moments or mm -hmm. lessons that you've learned that others can carry. Yeah. So where are the best places for people to find you? Yeah. I have a website sophiejaffe.com which I'm starting to do more like long form blog mm. video just like taking a concept from Instagram and making it longer form yes and then sophie.jaffe on Instagram my superfood company is thephilosophy.com spelled with my name so sophie philosophy.com and then philosophy love on Instagram mm. so those are like best places to find me I answer all my own DMs I will never stop I love connecting with the people the real people you um, we're all in this together and the world is a lot smaller than we realize so come and say hi mm. and Amazing. connect and you're never alone Thank you. Yeah. Thank you my for pleasure. My pleasure. I could I talk to you to talk all day. More about your sunshine drops, but we just like really went way <laughs> deeper than that. But the sunshine drops are unreal. Not going to lie. Sunshine drops are great. They're chlorophyll. <laughs> they make you feel like, especially if you're in winter right now, like yes. sunshine from within. And, and you were saying if you have BO like me. So then... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start talking about this more because I have a 13 year old. I have a preteen who's 11 and a yes. teenager and their feet are stinking. So I'm going to start talking about this more. I've been putting chlorophyll yes. drops in their water almost every day okay. as a test. I really think it's helping. So yeah, chlorophyll is an internal deodorant. Yes. So it's greens. I need this. <laughs> Wait, can you do a raw beauty code for us? Of for course. Listening? Let's make it raw beauty. Okay. Yeah. Raw beauty. And then, and then go check out philosophy.com. I'll yep. make sure that I link it down below. Thank I will you. add it right now. <gasps> You're the best. Thank you for being here today and for sharing so Pleasure. openly and vulnerably. And I can't wait till the next time mm. I get to see you. Mm. Same. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Thank Bye. you. Thank you. Before I sign off today, I just wanted to remind you that you can get 10% off at philosophy.com. That's P-H-I-L-O. And then Sophie, like her name, you can get 10% off. Use the code RAWBEAUTY. I love their chlorophyll sunshine drops. You just add that to water and I mean... Hello, we're just upping the ante. So good. So use the code RAWBEAUTY at philosophy.com for 10% off. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. Please take a moment to rate, review, or follow on your favorite podcast app and share this episode with someone that you think could benefit. Join the Raw Beauty Talks community at Raw Beauty Talks. And remember, it's your story, your body, your mind, and your journey. So think about what resonates with you and leave the rest behind. I'll see you next week. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, 
you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.